matter what anybody tells you, words and ideas can change the world. Don't make a bit of sense to me. If that's what being crazy is, then I'm senseless, out of it, gone down the road, wacko. But no more, no less. Welcome to Unhinged, episode 20, recorded August 7th, 2016. Today's show is going to be a little different. Uh, if you've been following the podcast, you'll know that Doug has been on a roller coaster ride with his treatment resistant depression, being in remission for quite a while, then falling back down, then coming back out of it again. In our last episode, he was on an upswing, having just come out of a deep downward spiral that lasted three weeks. So things were looking good again. Unfortunately, that brief glimpse of normalcy has not lasted, and he's again suffering. Three days ago, he sent me this email. This is another living hell experience that I'm trying to write out. It's 24 hours of continual pain and misery, and I'm just trying to get through without losing touch with reality or doing something stupid. This was after not hearing much from him for a couple days except for a brief text that he was having a rough time. When he gets in this state, he prefers to be left alone to deal with it on his own. He understands that it's the disease that makes him withdraw like that, uh, when he could probably use someone to talk to. Uh, But when he's this low, it's too painful for him to talk to anyone. He was hoping to be better enough to do the show today, but his anxiety right now is through the roof. His last email to me finished with the words, very frightened. He knows that it's all neurological, but when your brain is telling you to freak out and the mechanism to turn off that feeling is broken, you freak out. There's no way around it. This is what he's been going through for nearly a week now. So needless to say, he's not joining us today. Uh, This makes doing a full show difficult, to say the least. So instead of trying to do the show by myself today, I think I'll play some highlights from our past 19 episodes. We've covered all sorts of topics from depression to psychopathy to pharmacogenetics and fun brain facts. But it all starts somewhere, and I want to play you our very first words in our very first podcast. We sounded so hopeful and excited to get the show off the ground. Keep in mind, this was all during the period of time we now call his remission. So here we are, goofing around, introducing ourselves on episode one, recorded March 15th, 2016. And now, Doug and Ed. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Hello. Um, I'm Ed Caggiani. I'm not. He's not. I'm Doug (laughs) Warren. Yes. So. Yes. Glad I got that. This is our very first podcast. Um, we'll need to explain a little bit about who we are. Um, my name is Ed Caggiani. Um, you said that already. I said that already. Thank you. I'm very repetitive. Uh, I'm also very repetitive. Yes. (laughs) I say things a lot. Uh, I tend to say things a lot over and over again. (laughs) He does. I do. It's one of the things that got us real close. Yes. Real close. Uh, just some background. Um, Doug and I know each other uh, from college. Uh, That's me. I'm Doug Warren. <laughs> yes, you said that already too. Oh, it's catchy. It is. 
Wow, that seems like so long ago. Uh, in our second episode, we actually tackled politics a little bit when we talked about whether Donald Trump had narcissistic personality disorder. Since we were talking about people seeking approval, um, it, it got me thinking about uh, narcissism, because that's, that's one of those things that uh, you, you want to be the center of attention. And what a perfect segue. Who needs attention more than anyone? Donald Trump. Donald oh. Trump? <laughs> yes. The <laughs> Donald. Yes, today in our news segment, we'll be discussing an article that came out in Psychology Today uh, titled, Does Donald Trump Have Narcissistic Personality Disorder? See, number one, that's a dumb question. And number two, it's coming from Psychology Today. So is that really rhetorical? <laughs> uh, because I don't think we have to answer that. Well, I think we all know the answer to that. But yeah, we can, yeah. I want I want to explain the difference between a narcissist and someone with narcissistic personality disorder. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and they go, go into this in the article. Um, they say, here's a quote, narcissism is often interpreted in popular culture as a person who's in love with him or herself. We think of narcissist as someone who thinks he or she is overly important, pompous, and overblown. So far, it sounds like we're talking about Donald Trump, doesn't it? This is from the Mayo Clinic. They list mm -hmm. uh, the criteria for narcissistic personality disorder. Let's see if it describes them. You may come across as conceited, boastful, or pretentious. Check. That's ridiculous. No yeah. <laughs> you often monopolize conversations. Yeah, I, I'd say he does that. Uh -huh. Oh, absolutely. You may belittle or look down on people you perceive as inferior. Everyone that interviews him, I think he does that too. Uh, yeah. you, you may feel a sense of entitlement. He absolutely does. He, oh, well, everything has his name on it. And when you don't receive special treatment, you may become impatient or angry. And he does. The last thing on the Mayo Clinic's list is you may insist on having the best of everything. For instance, the best car, athletic club, or medical care. Well, he I mean, does. he does. <laughs> he well, buys it. The money, that's where the money comes in and makes him... And the money is what makes him dangerous. Right. Because any narcissist could be a narcissist. But if you have nothing to offer, then you'll be a narcissist. But you're going to be alone. As we continued doing shows, we got more and more comfortable with how we were recording them. And we decided to take a technical leap and try to do a call-in with a special guest. So... By episode 8, which was recorded May 8th, uh, we had set it up so that we could have uh, a guest call in through Skype and be recorded on the show. Uh, her name was Nurit Adler. Today we have a special treat for unhinged listeners. As a guest on today's show, we welcome clinical social worker and psychotherapy practitioner Nurit Adler. Welcome to our show. Thank you. Thank you. A pleasure to be here. Please tell us a bit about yourself, how you know Doug, and what your specialties are as they relate to mental health and particularly depression. Okay. 
Uh, well, I've known Doug probably for about nine years. Um, up until three years ago, I used to work for a uh, social service agency called Jewish Family and Child in Toronto. I was a social worker for about 18 and a half years. And then for the last three years, I was a supervisor and then a manager. I used to run their downtown branch um, of their social service agency. And Doug was one of the clients who was being seen by one of the workers at the agency, and I supervised that worker. So on one or two, several occasions, the worker would ask me to come in and meet Doug and talk to him and just to get to know who he was. So that was really my, my initial exposure to Doug. Uh, so right now I'm practicing in my own private practice. I run uh, a five-day-a-week practice, and I, I do really just about everything. So I am doing individual work. I'm doing couples counseling. I'm seeing families. I work with uh, people with anxiety, so I have a fairly large-scale practice for that. Mm -hmm. As well, I, um, I work with... Uh, same-sex couples and people coming out in the LGBT community. Mm -hmm. I've worked with people transitioning be from male to female, female to male. Um, I've worked with addictions. I worked with uh, all types of depression, all types of, of life changes. I seem to be doing a lot with sort of um, university-aged young adults who are really going out into the world and and suffering a lot from anxiety mm -hmm. and not knowing how to cope with a lot of the things that maybe our generation took for granted is very new and difficult for a lot of these kids so and we we've talked about that actually too is when we left college and you're set out into the world and you need that direction uh that's important which i didn't have so that's excellent right. yeah yeah and often it's easier to come from me because i'm not their parent Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have an immediate defensive uh, posture when you're talking to your family about any issues like this. So, uh, you know, going to a third party definitely uh, eases that, I believe. Yeah, and going to a third party who isn't judging you, but is just listening and trying to understand where you're coming from. And we've talked a lot about family and uh, treatment-resistant depression, uh, in particular Doug's case. Uh, and and how uh, a lot of family and friends don't understand that it's a disease, uh, and they yeah. might they might think it's just oh you're acting a certain way and you need to snap out of it. Uh, but there's really a, a, there needs to be an, a, more of an awareness and a removal of the stigma, the negative stigma of what mental illness really is. Yeah. Yeah. See, the, I think the biggest part for families, if I can, I can try and simplify it, is they take it personally. Right. So when, yes. when somebody isn't happy around them and then, you know, might escalate from unhappy to angry to behaving badly to not being communicative and not participating in whatever is going on, the first thing that the people around them do is say, why are you mad at me? Right. What did I do to you? And the difficulties often during the severest parts of the depression, the person isn't really capable of communicating and saying, actually, it's got nothing to do with you. This That's is all key. internal. Yeah. I feel like shit. 
and I, I don't know how to get out of it and I don't know how to make myself feel better and I feel like I'm sinking in quicksand mm-hmm. and they're not, they don't have the wherewithal to explain all that and to be communicative. So what it does is it creates a vicious cycle of, oh, you're pissed off again? Yep. Yeah, and it's been in people struggling with depression, you know, they, they, they feel overwhelmed and just unable to overcome the symptoms. So yeah. they have a strong sense of guilt, which is common. And, uh, you know, they know their lack of, of interest and initiative. They place a real burden on everybody. And, you know, it's common to feel guilty, you know, about letting other people down or causing hurt or angry feelings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and so they, tend to, they withdraw and then the other parties withdraw and, and try to adapt without them. Exactly. And I think I, I just popped in before to say, I think people also feel ashamed. If they're exhibiting bad behavior, then they're feeling shame about it, which makes them even less likely to talk about it. We enjoyed having to read on the show so much that only two episodes later in episode 10, we invited Doug's uncle Murray to join us on the podcast. He's a magician, hypnotist and motivational speaker. And here he is telling one of his hilarious stories about how he hypnotized somebody. So you were going to give us another example. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was uh, walking through Placeville Marie in Montreal where I used to go for a haircut. And this cashier would never look at me because she was afraid if she looked at me, she would go into a state of hypnosis. <laughs> I walked by once and her back was to me and I walked up to her and I tapped her on the shoulder she looked at me, I said, sleep, and she fell to a clump on the floor. <laughs> oh, my God. It had nothing to do with me. <laughs> that's unbelievable. So that's our belief system again. And, you know, one of the things that, uh, that people have to understand is nothing goes to our subconscious unless we consciously put it there. Mm-hmm. And if we believe in something, we put that into our subconscious, it becomes automatic. And we've done that ever since we were two years old, probably before that. You see, Ed, he's confirming exactly what I was saying about how we make those associations early on and then they develop and they get, they get stronger and stronger. Right. And it's, you know, you see how he's putting it and it's, it's really an interesting perspective. It is. And, and it's all in our belief system. We choose whatever we want to believe. That was show 10, which was recorded on May 22nd. We continued doing shows that were mostly upbeat up until episode 16 on July 3rd. That show was called Mission Remission because Doug's steady emotional state had now lasted two and a half months, fulfilling the criteria for being considered a remission. So here's a clip from that show where we discover that it is a full remission. But bottom line is I, I went to the doctor this week, um, who is my regular, um, he's part of the DBS team who uh, makes the adjustments on the neuromodulator. Um, so it's been working very well and I was going in to just meet with him and and see what he thinks, see if, if, if you know, what the stats are, if this is going to stick, should we make any changes or... And he was very happy about the progress. Um, and, you know, we figured we'll keep the settings the way they are. And just because um, in 2013, when I was in remission, I had relapsed, you know, it only lasted three months. 
Um, and we're at about two and a half months now. Um, you know, should I worry about that? And you know, obviously, you can't worry about that. There's, there's no. It's not on a schedule on a right. timer. Or, yeah. So if if I, you know, you, you can't worry about that. You'll drive yourself crazy. Mm-hmm. And um, what I did, you know, uh, want to find out was. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not feeling exactly the same as 2013. My energy level is a little bit lower, and but that could be that I'm not in as, as good a shape as I was then, which is definitely true. Uh, which so I was trying to think: of, Am I in this partial remission, uh, or am I mild, or is this a full remission? You know, what do you, would you consider that? And on the way, the the bus it was a long bus ride um, uh, because they're working on the the subway or the the uh, streetcars. Mm-hmm. So I, I just started Googling and researching and, and find out that, for one thing, on the Ham D test, which we gave Ed um, a couple shows ago, mm-hmm. um, and I had scored a seven, he scored a one. And, uh, but technically, which I didn't know, seven or below is considered full remission. Wow. So I'm like, well, cool. The other you know, caveat, the other condition is that um, uh, you're, if, if for at least two months you're feeling no major depressive uh, th- effects or feelings, thoughts. Um, and so people who are in partial remission, you maybe just felt it for under that amount of time. So I, I've felt it for now two, two and a half months. Mm-hmm. So I qualify that this is considered full remission. So that's, I guess that would be the amazing part. Immediately following that show, like literally the next day on the 4th of July, uh, Doug started feeling down again, and he actually spiraled down uh, for three weeks um, in what he called a personal hell. So we actually did a few, uh, a couple shows on that, um, Relapse and Relapse Part 2. Uh, the second part two of which, uh, was very powerful since it was a recorded phone call. Uh, I'm not going to, um, play clips from that show. Uh, it's something that you, you should listen to, um, in its entirety. That would be episode 18 relapse part two, the call. Then after that episode, we came out with episode 19, which was last week's show where it was called A New Hope because Doug was actually coming out of the three-week downturn. And so we felt hopeful. We thought, uh, this is great, and maybe everything's starting to work again. Um, So that show was was fairly hopeful, but then, uh, of course, as you know, he's, he's gone back down again, so that's where we are today. Um, so I want to close out the show. It's, it's a short show, uh, understandably, uh, but I want to close it out with a song I recorded. Um, this is a song that Doug actually taught me on guitar. Um, it's Return to Pooh Corner, uh, by Kenny Loggins. And this is my instrumental version of, of it. Um, and it's for Doug.
Thank you.